Welcome to Abide's Kids Bedtime Stories. I'm Tyler, and I'm continually encouraged day after day to remain or abide in my Creator, which in turn has helped me to grow in so many ways. And I hope you find that same encouragement as well as you listen today. And you can have full access to the Abide app commercial free. Just text the word ABIDE to 22433 for 25% off the Abide app. Just text ABIDE to 22433. All right, it's time to settle into bed and drift off to sleep with this bedtime story. Well, hello there. I'm Captain Thaddeus Cadiddle, and this, this is my skyship, Dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination, dreams. You're in for an adventure, my friend. So, all aboard, and welcome to Skyship Dreamer. Dream on. We have begun our descent, Captain. Roger that. Helmsman, right standard rudder, come 20 degrees port. Right standard rudder, 20 degrees port. Aye, aye. Oh, Captain? Hmm? It seems we have a rhinoceros. Zero one five degrees relative off the starboard bow. Oh, roger that. Ah, oh, and a herd of galloping giraffes. 65 degrees off the port beam. Well, this is certainly not anything like landing in Pittsburgh. Uh, do you see her anywhere? Uh, negative, Captain. No. You double-check the charts. Aye, aye. That's the Tsavo Wildlife Reserve. Zero degrees, straight off the boat. Mm. Well, steady as she goes, Helmsman. Aye. Yeah, yeah. What is it? A herd of laughing hyenas. Uh, it's called a cackle. A cackle of laughing hyenas? That's hilarious. This is no laughing matter. Oh. Actually, it is. Oh, Cap, <laughs> there she is, waving at us. Oh, she's... Oh, hello. Oh, it's her. Oh, dear God, thank you. Thank you for keeping her safe. Oh, oh here we go. <clears throat> Passengers, this is your captain speaking. Please prepare for landing. Ha <laughs> ha 
You know, I remember when I used to come home, you would jump up into my arms. So we can try that again. <laughs> Not without breaking something. Oh, Jack, <laughs> welcome to Kenya. Thank you. How are you? Oh, doing just fine indeed. Your father wouldn't stop talking about you. All the way to Africa. I've heard all the stories. No. <laughs> like that time you put peanut butter in the electrical socket. Oh. And the time you shoved grapes up your nose. <laughs> Daddy, what about the cute, adorable stories? Oh, I, I told him all of those as well. Oh, he did. Well, I hope so. <laughs> oh, Dad, this is my friend Anne, the one I told you all about. Oh, good to oh, meet you. Hello, Anne. It's an honor to meet you, Captain Cadiddle. I understand you have quite the story to tell. Oh, uh, what story is that? Do you have a moment? I always have a moment for a good story. I'm actually here waiting for an old friend. But I'm sure I have time to tell you my story before she gets here. I guess you can tell. I'm an American. Oh, I guess you can tell I'm not. Yes. So, what am I doing in Africa, you might ask? Go ahead. Oh, uh, so, Anne, what are you doing in Africa? I'm so glad you asked. This is where the elephants are. Ah. I love so many different animals, but there has been something special about elephants since I was just a little girl. They've meant a lot to me, and to come here where I can spend time with them, it's more than I could have dreamed of as a kid. There's a verse in Psalm 37, verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. For a lot of years, while I was growing up, I kept that verse close to my heart. I know what a desire of my heart is. I had one, a very special one. That's what I'm going to tell you about. My daddy would tell you that he was my first good friend, and he probably was. But he always said that stuffed toys were good friends, too. When you're just a little kid and you can't explain what's in your imagination, those animals are real. Especially for someone like me, who didn't have a real pet until I was about 12. For my second birthday, my aunt gave me a stuffed toy elephant. Just a little guy. But he became the one I took with me everywhere. He sat on my lap in the car, on the table at mealtime, and I clutched him tightly to my heart when I slept. I remember talking to him and even crying into him when I was so, so young. Some of my earliest memories include him. And for some reason, I always thought of him as a boy. So he was my first boyfriend, too. <laughs> One day, Daddy and I were driving someplace, and he asked me what my elephant's name was. Everybody needs a name, he said. I couldn't tell you why anymore, but for some reason, I said his name was Tire Swing. <laughs> I don't know if we'd just driven past a house with a tire swing, or if I'd been thinking about a friend who had a tire swing in their yard, but that's what became my toy elephant's name. <laughs> tire Swing. <laughs> That was probably the beginning of my fascination with elephants. As soon as I could hold a pencil or crayon, I would draw pictures of them. If I drew pictures of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they would always be hanging out with an elephant. If I drew pictures of Noah and the Ark, a big pachyderm would be sticking his head and trunk out through the roof. 
When I started school, Tire Swing ended up in my backpack more often than not. And my classmates got to know him and considered him part of the class, too. They knew of my love for elephants, too, and they played along. Just so you understand, I love all kinds of animals. I love monkeys and apes, big cats like lions and cheetahs, deer and gazelle. And I really like bears a lot. I get that from my mom. She loves bears, any kind you can imagine. I think if my mom saw a baby bear in the wild, she'd want to pick it up and play with it. Not really thinking that the baby has a mommy, and her mom doesn't want you playing with her baby. But there's always been something about elephants. Mom and Dad helped feed my love. My dad liked elephants too, but not the same way I did. He got me books and even some videos about elephants. When I was three, we adopted my sister, Rachel. She fit in with the family right away, but she seemed to like monkeys a lot. She even had a little plush monkey toy that she called Oo. <laughs> but Rachel and I loved all kinds of animals. On the rare days when Dad could get off work, we would travel to a place where there was a zoo. There were probably four or five cities that were day trips where we could visit a zoo and see elephants and monkeys. In those days, you could still see elephants in a circus. They'd even give rides during the intermission, but it was way too expensive, so I never got to do it. See, my dad was a hardworking guy, but he never really made a lot of money. We never missed a meal or anything, but we never had a lot of extra money. He managed restaurants, worked in a call screening center, and did a lot of temporary executive assistant jobs. He made the most money in restaurants, but the owners always acted like they owned him. There was one place he worked that was busier in the summer, and during the months I was off school, he only got two days off, and they were never in a row. He told me when I was older that he didn't mind working, but he hated that he was always tired and in a bad mood when we were all together. One summer night when I was six, Daddy was putting me to bed. I could tell that he wasn't really happy, but we sang a couple of songs and prayed together. Then he asked me what would be the one thing I wanted to do before I went back to school. I don't know what he was thinking, but I answered pretty quickly. I said, I want to touch an elephant. He looked at me and nodded his head. I'd like that too, he said, not in an encouraging or discouraging way. He gave me a hug and a kiss and said goodnight. A couple weeks later, pretty early in the morning, Mom and Dad packed a picnic lunch and put Rachel and me in our car seats. I fell asleep pretty quickly, and when I woke up, I knew we had traveled quite a ways. We were in a small town with lots of old houses and a town square. We stopped in a spot where there was a huge red-bricked wall with big letters spelling out Circus World Museum. I could read pretty well already, and those were words I knew. I looked at the letters, then looked at my daddy and said, Are there elephants behind that wall? He was already smiling and said, Yeah, there are. I never, ever doubted my daddy's love for me. But that day, I couldn't stop smiling at him. He did this for me. He'd planned it out and arranged the whole thing. The museum was exactly what you'd hope a circus museum would be. 
There were train cars, posters, kids' shows, clowns, and a big top show that was probably really cheesy, but it had everything I'd wanted. And then there were elephants. Well, there was only one elephant. His name was Tiny. He came into the big top and put on a fun show. He lifted and carried his trainers, and he even rode on a big ball in a circle. I wanted to touch that elephant. When the big top show ended, we followed Tiny and her group over to a patch of grass surrounded by a white picket fence. The first thing I saw was a sign saying we could buy food to feed Tiny for a buck. I didn't even have to ask my dad. He already had a couple of dollar bills out so Rachel and I could feed her. Okay, right now I need to make a confession. In those days, I was... I can't believe I'm saying this. I used to be afraid of... of butterflies. I know, I know. But I was afraid of butterflies. I was standing there waiting for my turn to feed Tiny a cup of seeds or meal or... I don't know what all was in it. Then a butterfly flew by and threatened to land on my arm. The arm holding the cup of elephant food. Let's just say I spilled some. Fortunately, Dad laughed. He got down on his hands and knees and helped me scoop it back into the cup before I started crying, which I was on my way to doing. I carried my cup over to Tiny, a two-ton elephant, which didn't scare me in the least, and held it up for her. Well, Tiny reached out with her trunk, took that cup right out of my hand, and poured the whole thing in her mouth. In less than a second, it was gone. Rachel stepped up and offered her cup, and Tiny finished that one in another second. Tiny waited at the fence and sniffed around us with her trunk. Mom and Dad were ready to rescue me if anything happened, but I wasn't the least bit frightened. Tiny's trunk moved through my hair, sniffing my shampoo. I couldn't help but giggle. I loved it. I loved Tiny. I reached up and touched Tiny's trunk. It was one of those moments I'll never forget. The first time I touched an elephant, in that moment, I felt like I knew what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I'm sorry, one of Tiny's minders said. We need to put the saddle on Tiny now so she can give rides. Give rides? Was she kidding? I looked at my dad. Once again, he was smiling at me. This is what he'd planned all along. I didn't just get to touch an elephant. I was going to ride one. We had to wait in line for about 20 minutes while some other people rode Tiny first. We had to wait as the line went up a set of stairs to a platform where they loaded and unloaded the passengers. At one point, I was on the stairs while the next people were, and I felt something on my shoulder. I turned to see Tiny tapping me with her trunk. I couldn't help but laugh. It seemed like Tiny was telling me, I like you. You're one of the good people. Mom and Rachel and I rode Tony in a circle around the yard while Dad filmed it with the family video camera. If I watch that video, I can see how uncomfortable my mom was. But the smile and look of amazement on my face was genuine. I was riding an elephant. It was an African elephant with huge ears and beautiful tusks. I was in an emotional place I'd never been before. My love of elephants grew so big that day, thanks to what my dad did for me. 
He's one of those guys that, to this day, never feels like he did a good job being a dad. Like he was never able to do enough fun stuff with us. But this is one day that he hangs on to and says he got it right. When we had the chance, we went to zoos all over the country, even ones without elephants. We went to different places with roller coasters, which Rachel and I both liked too. We saw some of the most beautiful parts of America. Daddy did better than he thinks. That day changed my life forever. I decided I wanted to study and work with animals as a job, really as my life choice. I went to college for veterinary studies and interned at the zoo in Memphis. Those were fun days. And I learned so much about these animals that I loved, but it just didn't compare to what I would learn once I got my job here in Kenya. Another thing that moved my heart was my sister Rachel. I don't know what her birth family story was, but as I got older, I thought about how much she meant to me, even though we didn't have the same blood. I thought about how mom and dad had possibly saved her life by adopting her, and maybe I could do that for other of God's creatures. Rachel brings a lot of fun to our lives. She makes me laugh like nobody in the world can. These days, we only see each other on computer video chats, and our time is spent howling with laughter. I sure do love her. I've been here in Savo for, oh, a while now, long enough to see a whole bunch of elephants rescued and returned to the preserve where they live, as they would out in the wild. I love the job I have, but it's not easy. First of all, I'm the only American here. I'm one of only a handful of light-skinned people. Secondly, I get attached to my animal friends, and I really don't like goodbyes. But that's the whole point. When the baby elephants are brought in, they aren't ready to live in the wild. We get to prepare them for that, and it takes time. Meanwhile, they win my heart. But there's always a day coming when they get to go live with the other elephants. When I first arrived, I was involved in a rescue. A young elephant, probably only a few months old, was walking with a herd of bull elephants. We suspected he had lost his mother to poachers, and because elephants are so family-centric, he stayed with the adults. The only problem was they couldn't feed him. He needed his mother's milk, and they couldn't help him with that. So our team came in and separated him from the bull elephants. They managed to get him in a truck and brought him back to our wildlife preserve, a place where we could feed him, get him to interact with other elephants his age, and keep him away from the poachers. It took a couple of days for him to trust us, but eventually he started taking milk from us. Then he started interacting with us in a way that showed he trusted us. When it came time for him to have a minder, everyone was very surprised to see he picked me. He came to me and gently wrapped his trunk around my shoulder, almost like Tiny did on that day so many years before. It was an amazing display of trust, and somehow we both knew we would become friends. I noticed almost right away what looked like a three- or four-inch tear in his ear. He wasn't injured. I'm sure he was born that way. But he had this part of his ear that looked like it had been cut. I knew I'd always be able to pick him out of a crowd. Elephants are very social animals. They like to be in groups. But when it comes time to sleep, the minder and the elephant sleep in the same room. I had a camp bed with a mattress and a couple of blankets. 
My friend had a big pile of hay and a blanket. It took a while to get him to sleep. I think he wanted to play. I wondered why he chose me. Did something about me make him feel safer? I couldn't imagine what. Then, as I sat on the edge of my bed, he came over to me, flipped his damaged ear back, and leaned on me like he was listening to my heart. He couldn't have known that I fell asleep for years clutching a stuffed elephant to that spot on my chest. Could he? When I was a little girl, I wanted to touch an elephant. And my daddy made that possible. Now, an elephant had touched me. Not just touched me, but listened to my heart and decided that he wanted to be my friend. Finally, my new friend settled down and fell asleep next to the foot of my bed. I covered him with the blanket and laid back to go to sleep. Honestly, I was too excited to sleep. My first real elephant friend. The next day, I asked the group if I could name him. Usually they give the elephants names that have some meaning in Kenyan, but I asked if I could name him something else. They said it would be okay. So, I named him Tire Swing. <laughs> I had to explain it to my new friends. But then I reached into my trunk and brought out the original Tire Swing. Much loved and with his plush fur worn down so much that it actually shined. They laughed at me, but I think they understood. So, not only was Tire Swing my first toy elephant, but Tire Swing became my first real elephant friend. And I learned so much from him. He taught me close up what friendship really meant to an elephant. He showed me, before I was married and had kids of my own, what it was like to care for another. And he showed me how to enjoy life. Elephants are such a happy bunch of animals, and the young ones play so much. They're not quiet and brooding like I was when I was a teenager. They roll in the dirt, splash in the water, and run around all the time. An elephant is a very articulate animal. Now, most people, when they hear that word they think it means they can speak clearly. What I mean is that Tyra Swing and his friends can communicate their feelings and what they want very well. I've heard elephants laugh, and I've heard them cry. I've heard them tell me they're hungry. I've... I've seen them remember something sad from their life. Every now and then... Tire Swing would be playing or mooching around, and then, very suddenly, he would go to a tree or a hut and rub his damaged ear against it, like he was trying to fix it or heal it somehow. I don't know what happened to him, but he knows. And I can tell it still makes him sad. But there were so many more happy times. Tire Swing was my friend and companion for about three years while he built up his strength and became part of our elephant community. Finally, the day came when we brought him here to the wildlife preserve in Savo, where they live in a half-wild environment. 
There's still a team of caretakers who watch over them for a couple of years until they can take care of themselves in a more wild environment. That's when they move into the bigger, adult herd. Right now, they still need to be weaned off the milk bottles. We brought three young elephants, including Tire Swing, to the preserve and introduced them to the other young calves. And that's when I saw the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. About a dozen adult elephants, male and female, walked into the camp as if they were welcoming the new arrivals. They'd traveled miles to come see the new additions to their herd. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. The idea that these elephants, who some people think are just big dumb animals, find the idea of community and family so important was overwhelming. I grew up in a good family, but there was something about these gorgeous elephants that spoke deeply to me. All I could think of was what a shame it would be if they were ever gone from the earth. Fortunately, because of places like this, I didn't have to worry about that. I was able to return almost a year later with another calf, and I bet you can guess who was there to greet me. Tire Swing wrapped me up with his trunk and gave me the greatest hug I've ever had in my whole life. I felt like I was the one who came home. That was nine years ago. I'm very proud of the work I do, and I believe that I am God's steward to these animals. Bad people want elephants for their ivory. I want them because they are the kindest, gentlest, and most loving creatures I've ever met. Every once in a while, my mom and daddy come to visit me here to see what I do, and it makes them so happy I was able to pursue this dream. They know I'm happy, and there is nowhere else that I'd rather be. I brought Daddy to the preserve one time, and as we were passing through the gate, he leaned close to me and said, Are there elephants behind that wall? <laughs> I was already smiling as I remembered my question as a little girl. Yeah, I said. Yeah, there are. That verse popped back in my head. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. That was so true. If Daddy hadn't asked what I wanted to do, and I hadn't said that I wanted to touch an elephant, I probably wouldn't be here today at the Savo National Park, introducing a new youngling to the herd. I watched that new addition join their new family, who understand them, let them know they love them, and are ready to bring them into the community. And what makes it better is that there is a bull elephant with a little groove in his ear that comes to me first and gives me a hug. In fact, here he comes right now. Always Remember was written by Darby Kern. Our editor was Stephanie Reeves. Anne was played by Carol O'Brien. Jack was Nato Jacobson. Missy Joy was Hannah Glavin, with John Fornoff as Captain Cadiddle. Sound design by Oscar Corral. Music by Connor Savoca. Our producer, John Fornoff. Our executive producer, Russ Jones. 
Skyship Dreamer is a production of Abide from Guideposts and Circle Creative Media. Well, I hope you enjoyed our story. There's much more to come. Until our next voyage on Skyship Dreamer, keep dreaming. <laughs>